0: We'll <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Pulse Wave, the podcast dedicated to Game Boy music that's better than it has any right to be. I'm your host, Vassil and the song that you just listened to was the title music to Lego Stunt Rally, composed by Andrew Lemon, released in 2001. Um, it is a racing—well, it's a stunt rally, right? It looks terrible. It's a Game Boy Color version of a PC game, um, which is— it, very rarely bodes well. And until recently, Lego games were sort of, you know, horrible across the board. So, Um, but Andrew Lemon did the music for Iron Fistical and Iron Cryptical most recently, um, which are two games that one of my friends keeps trying to get me to play. Hi, Matt. Um, (laughs) So yeah, still doing music. Uh, Welcome back to Pulse Wave. uh, we, We had a long break, I've been busy. Uh, I hope the wait was worth it. I've got this episode on the docket. I've got another set of tracks for a grab bag um, that I just have to do some minimal research on. So hopefully we'll have two episodes pretty, pretty quickly here, two weeks. Um, And then we'll see how it goes from there. I'm having a bit of trouble getting the uh, the research done motivational wise, so hopefully I can keep this train rolling now. so uh, but let's let's uh talk about the theme today. It's games based on toys. So we're talking about licensed games primarily, um, but there are some interesting ones. obviously that's based on Lego. Uh, the next one is uh, is based on Barbie, sort of notorious for having. A series of very bad games but there are a ton of there, there's a few really kind of cool barbie games uh this is not one of them but it has great music <laughs> so we're gonna listen to uh barbie fashion pack games it's the lipstick shooter mini game uh, it was released in 2000 and i don't know who composed it <phone rings> That was the lipstick schmup, is how I described it, uh, from Barbie Fashion Pack games released in 2000. So this is essentially a mini game collection. You pick one of your four Barbie friends, um, and then you do various mini games to get things like lipstick or various accessories, clothing, things like that. It's a little collectathon. Um, it doesn't look very interesting, but it doesn't look you know horrendous or anything. It's just you know very early 2000s games for girls kind of kind of stuff the music is is pretty good though across the board there's well not across the board but there are some very interesting tracks in there so I like this one I think it's funky um, it's fun yeah it, and uh, we're gonna find that a lot of these licensed games have pretty decent music um, continuing the trend of bad games with music that uh, clearly took a lot of effort to make <laughs> so um, yeah but uh, the there's a few Barbie games that I feel like are good. Barbie Fashion Designer on the PC is a really neat game that came with a uh, a printer, printer paper, I should say. You could print little designs for Barbie. Um, I actually talked about this a little bit on the Co-op Button uh, podcast, uh, episode nine, if you want to hear a bit more about Barbie Fashion Designer. so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know who composed this. I, it's a bit of a bummer. I couldn't find any credits anywhere for this, and that's going to be a pretty... Consistent thing for most of these games. So, um, next up is Sylvanian Families Two, Irozoku Mori no Fantasy. Uh, um, released in two thousand, this is the main overworld theme. <laughs> BOOM That was the main overworld theme from Sylvanian Families 2, released in 2000. We've heard Sylvanian Families before, but it was a different game. It's on episode five, one of the leftovers. Um, I'm a sucker for this sort of sentimental music that is in this Sylvanian Families games. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this is a toy line, if you remember. Little fuzzy bastards is how I would describe them. Cute little fuzzy animals uh, with clothes, and then there's little setups. So if you just Google... Or just look up YouTube videos of Sylvanian Families. There are collectors who will show you, like, the newest sets and stuff. They're very cute. Uh, Feel very British to me. They're not particularly toys as much as they are, like, collectibles as well. Um, But there were a number of Japan-only Sylvanian Families games, including this one. This one is only in Japan. Um, So, yeah, it had a TV show and everything, so it was a pretty big deal. I hadn't heard of it until I put together Episode 5. I was very very confused that I hadn't heard it at all. So, um, but yeah, it, neat little song. The game itself looks like I, I couldn't really tell from the videos, uh, that I was able to find kind of an adventure game of some sort, like top down sort of thing. Um, the world gets drained of color, which I think is hilarious. in a game boy color game, uh, basically turns it back into a game boy game and you have to go restore, uh, it back to a game boy color game. So yeah, I don't know who composed it. bit sad about that. Um, But let's move on to the next game, Lego Island 2, The Brickster's Revenge, released in 2001, composed by Steve Collette, a.k.a. Steve Rocket. That is the main island from Lego Island 2. I I say that with some trepidation because I didn't hear it the first time I saw the main island, but I heard it the second time, so maybe the music changes. Anyway, uh, and it was composed by Steve Collette, a.k.a. Steve Rocket or Rocket Music. Um, This game is a top-down adventure game it's another port of a pc game and it it to me is the uh part of the series that began the trend of what if lego games didn't let you build anything i am not a huge fan of of the modern lego games even though they seem fine um This is being a port of a PC game, though, is like sort of even worse. It it looks like an adventure game in the the realm of Zelda, but you have a skateboard and you can shoot pizzas at people. And also you can barely see anything because all the sprites are so massive. It doesn't look like a whole lot of fun, Um, but the music's pretty good. Um, Yeah, music's pretty darn good. Uh, Steve Collette is still producing music. Uh, Lots, lots of music, (laughs) Um, and just sound design in general as well. So pretty cool. Uh, Notably for my interests, uh, he did the soundtrack to the Super Nintendo Chuck Rock port. Um, So yeah, that's more relevant to me, but maybe not to anyone else. But let's move on to the next game. So this is Action Man Search for Base X, composed by Iku Mizutani, released in 2001. And I believe this music is first heard in Jungle Mission B. was action man search for base x 2001 Ikumizutani. action man is gi joe like literally gi joe uh licensed from hasbro is that who, who made gi joe in any case it's the uk version essentially um was around from the 60s into like the late 90s i think um, kind of funny. This is very much on the tail end of Action Man's popularity, as far as I can tell. The game itself is a platformer, very slow, Contra-like is what I would is one way of describing it. Maybe not the best way. Uh, it shares some similarities with the Barbie Fashion Pack games, though, because you actually complete these levels to get new outfits, not all of which are actually useful. It's it's more of a uh, an aesthetic thing. Um, I actually played this game um, for my blog, No Batteries which where I was going through all the, uh, the Game Boy games in alphabetical order, this, this ended up at the top of the list. I, I only played like 25 games, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Ikumizutani is very prolific. Showed up in Episode nine, actually, uh, composed for Tetris Plus. Uh, just, just, just a ton of games. Uh, he'll be coming back this episode. So, yeah, look forward to more Mizutani. Next up is Barbie Magic Genie Adventure, a different Barbie game. Uh, Released in two thousand one, composed by Manfred Linsner, and this is like a a jungle-looking level. They don't—they don't have level names, so (laughs) jungle-ish. That was from Barbie Magic Genie Adventure, composed by Manfred Lindsner. Uh This game is essentially a maze full of fetch quests, and not enemy. There's no enemies. There's occasionally mini games. It it looks a bit slapdash. Uh, the graphics are very nice though. Big sprites, like very well animated kind of thing. So you know, pretty cute. Um, but yeah, in this game, the Barbies are genies. I'm not even going to get into that. I, I'm i not qualified to talk about how, how, uh well, you know, I'm not going to talk about the politics of that, <laughs> but I think you can make a, an educated guess. Uh, Lindsner showed up in episode eight. Uh, he composed for Fixie and Foxy, uh, also a very prolific composer. I'm sure Lindsner will be showing up again, um, but if you want more info on him, listen to episode eight again. Um yeah, so there you go. More Barbie games. That's our, our last Barbie game for the uh, the episodes. So you know, look forward to that. Um, actually, this whole game has pretty decent music as well. Uh, the mini games have sort of frantic, weird things, but the overworld type stuff uh, has has some pretty decent music. So. Um, Next up, we are going to listen to two songs in a row for the very first time from the game Sylvanian Families Otogi no Kuni. I promise it's a different one. Uh, Released in 1999, composed by Unknown. I hope it'll become obvious why I, I paired these once you listen to them, so I hope you enjoy this little experiment I'm doing. that uh, both of those songs were from sylvanian families otogi no kuni released in 1999 um as as i am a sucker for these sort of sentimental melodies i'm also a sucker for uh reusing melodies in in that way um see wario land uh games for example um and I think that's just a really sweet little game with sweet little transitions. It's it's just very nice. Um, this is also the first game that has showed up twice. I had this on episode five. Clearly, I like Sylvanian families. So um, this song, when I heard these two songs next to each other, I thought this must be from the TV show. Uh, this must be a song that shows up in other Sylvanian family um media in the same way that the Flintstones song shows up all the time in Flintstones games, like, like we heard in a previous episode. Um, but it doesn't seem to be, it just seems to be the sound for this game. Um, so yeah, it's, I I just think it's very cute. So I don't know who composed it. Um, and if you want to hear a little bit more about it, about the game, I talk somewhat more extensively about it in episode five. So, um, and now that we've already opened that can of reusing games let's hear a song from perfect choro q that first showed up in episode one uh this is uh, released in 2000 and the composer is unknown Well, there you go. Nice short one from Perfect Choro Q. Um, I, I actually want to correct a mistake I made in the first episode. I said this game was a more standard racing game it turns out both of the of the choro q games i covered on the first episode were turn-based racers uh which it looking at it it's almost like trick billiards you kind of bounce your car against walls which is very interesting so you're you're almost pulling them back and then trying to bounce them through a racetrack which, which seems kind of cool. I wish he's had a translation. There's so much talking, so many menus, that it would be very hard to play as somebody who doesn't speak Japanese. Um, but yeah, cool-looking game, great soundtrack, even if the tracks are a little bit short. As far as the actual toys, I mean, if you're not not aware of the actual toys they are basically just what they look like in the game these cute little cars uh they're, they're called penny racers in the UK and potentially the US uh Choro Q in the uh in Japan uh, yeah just cute little car toys the toys came before the game that was my criteria for this was that it couldn't be a game with toys made after it it had to be a game based on toys so yeah this one this counts I promise All right, let's move on to the next game. This is Keto Beast Wars, released in 1999. Uh, Unknown composer, this is the Mountain Stage.
0: (laughs) ¶¶ It was
1: from Keto Beast Wars, uh, released in 1989, Unknown Composer. Uh, I called this the mountain stage. It's a fighting game, so each stage has its own background and background music, and this one had a big mountain in the back. It might actually have a, a better name, um, but that's what I'm calling it. This is a fighting game based on the Transformers Beast Wars series of toys. Um, these were popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. Instead of transforming from robots into vehicles, they transformed from robots into little animals, dinosaurs, spiders, gorillas, whatnot. Um, later, they also got uh, vehicle transformations in addition. So, but I, I, as a kid, I had quite a few of these and I thought the vehicle transformations were not very good. It's like, all right, you've got a robot. You've got a T-Rex, and you've got a T-Rex with rollerblades on. Not great, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, the game itself looks pretty good. It's a it's a 1v1 fighting game. Uh, I You can play it two-player. I don't know if that's with a link cable or if it's on the Super Game Boy and you just use two controllers or if it's both. Uh, I wasn't able to find a ton of uh, info on in this game. But you can transform between your robot and your beast uh, state, and you get different special moves based on that. Um, great music across the board. I can't remember if I saved another one for the next like leftovers episode, uh, but we may be hearing this game again. Um, did not, was not able to find who composed it. Uh, this game was compatible with the N sixty four Beast Wars Trans Metals game. I, I couldn't really tell in what capacity, but it used the the link cartridge thing that you shoved into the N sixty four controller to link up somehow it's released only in japan though so hard to find information in english all right let's move on to our next game this is a a good long episode so we've got three more songs here um this is from sylvanian melodies uh, released in 2000 composed by iku mizutani heyo and kinuyo yamashita Uh, That was the staff roll music from Sylvanian Melodies, a music game, a rhythm game based on the Sylvanian family's series of toys. Uh, Composers were Iku Mizutani, which we just talked about him, and Kinuyo Yamashita. Uh, I did not recognize her name right off the top. She's also credited sometimes as Kinuyo Ueda. I assume that's a a married versus maiden name. Um, But she composed the soundtrack for the original Castlevania, so just kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, really great soundtrack, obviously. Um, she is not the Castlevania composer who is a weird nationalist, by the way. That's, I think, the woman who composed for Castlevania Three. Anyway, um, great great soundtrack in this game as well. Um, once again, sucker for these Sylvanian families. I don't know what, it just hits my brain in the right spot. So, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Let's move on to our next game, which is Bakuten Shoot Beyblade, released in 2001, composed by Unknown. And I should mention, I usually mention whether it was on the Game Boy or Game Boy Color, all of these have been Game Boy Color. There weren't a lot of toy games released on the Game Boy for whatever reason. It, It was all this licensed stuff on the Game Boy Color. So, yep, Game Boy Color game. That was from Bakuten Shoot Beyblade, a Beyblade game. If you're not familiar with Beyblade, it is a top-spinning competition game where you each shoot your top into an arena, and whoever gets knocked out or falls into a pit or stops spinning uh, loses, and the other person gets a point. The tops themselves are... Uh, made out of different parts so you can combine them to make new things. Um, they've been doing this since 1999. This one may be a little bit funny because I believe the manga may have come before the toys, which which confused me, but I, it's hard to tell sometimes. I didn't look that hard. It's based on a toy. So um, the game itself looks like kind of your typical Game based on a toy, released only in Japan, a lot of talking, a lot of, you know, little menu options and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's Beyblade, you know? This is the third Beyblade game and the final one released for the Game Boy Color. Um, Yeah, you know, it's Beyblade. It seems like actually a good time. I kind of wish I'd had some of these as a kid. Uh, And also a friend to play with <laughs> um, but let's do a little bit of housekeeping the next track is our last track so uh, thank you for listening to Pulse Wave thanks for being patient as I put these episodes out slowly I wanted to do every week and this may turn out to be a, a every once in a while kind of podcast so I hope you're okay with that rhythm uh, thanks to Zofar.net for ripping all of this music um, and putting it in one place for easy download and big thanks to my friends Tigris and Stavkov who helped me find quite a few of these songs while I was trying to dig for them a while ago. Uh, follow on Twitter at Pulse Wave Pod. Uh, download all of these songs as MP3s. There is a link in the description. Uh, and if you like the sound of my voice, you can check out the other podcasts I do. The Super Nintendo Exploration Squad and the Co-op Button Podcast. I just do podcasts now. Um, and yeah, you can just Google them. You'll find them. And thank you listening. So let's talk about our last song. This is from a game called Bikuriman 2000 Charging Card GB. It's released unsurprisingly in 2000. Um, If you're not familiar with this, and believe me, I was not, uh, Bikuriman is a snack that has stickers in it. So we're kind of bending the rule for toy. I don't know if you would count stickers as a toy. But this is a cultural phenomenon. Like it it turned in. It was released in 1966 originally, and it eventually transformed into a snack that has like special trading cards that can be modified with stickers, and they're released in limited runs. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Um, it's so popular that it was actually legislated by the Japanese Fair Trade Commission so that it didn't turn into gambling essentially like people were buying these in bulk and paying way too much for these super rare stickers so the the fair trade commission stepped in and was like you can't do this this is gambling for children like this this sucks so they they legislated how rare certain things would be and how many you get in each package and that kind of thing so kind of neat um this is a game based on that it's a trading card game kind of like pokemon trading card game um hard to really parse again without uh japanese knowledge but looks pretty decent um mostly I just wanted to tell that story. This song is is maybe secondary to that, but it's a good song. Uh, Do not know the composer, um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned. Next week, I'm going to do a Leftovers episode with some of the Virtual Boy songs that didn't make the cut, as well as some other songs that I've been collecting throughout. And after that, I'm hoping to do Fingers crossed, I want to do an episode on songs with unusual time signatures, so things that aren't 4-4 or 3-4. Hard to find in the world of Game Boy, uh, but I'm going to do some more digging and hopefully get us up to about 10 songs. So, Um, Yeah, I will see you next time, and until then, enjoy this song. Thanks for listening.